0: Right, well, we're, uh, we're continuing our series in the Gospel of Mark, and we're uh, continuing this kind of uh, almost like a mini-series uh, as we're sort of journeying with the Lord through chapter 15 and thinking about the, the crucifixion, thinking about the, the, the trial and uh, the Lord then going to the cross uh, and uh, being on the cross. And so we're taking our time through chapter 15, and it's um, uh, relevant for us in as much that it's a morning service, it's a communion service. We're coming uh, before the table very soon. And so this, I, I pray and hope, will uh, help us and prepare us uh, for that. But let me let me pray, and then we will read. Uh, from uh, chapter 15. Father, we thank you this morning that you have brought us safely here. We thank you for uh, this time together around your word. We thank you uh, that you have given us your word and that we can come and we can adore and worship uh, our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank you for this word. We thank you for Mark, uh, Mark's gospel, and we pray lord that uh, you would uh, uh, meet with us now and bless us through your word amen amen right we uh, uh looked at the trial right at the beginning of uh, chapter 15 uh, last time and we're going to move just a little bit further on but just to help uh, give some context i'm going to read from verse 1. so just picking up from what verse 1 and I'm going to read down uh, to verse 37. So bear with me. So, Mark chapter 15, reading from verse 1. Immediately in the morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus, led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to him, It is as you say. And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked to him again, Say, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. But Jesus answered nothing, so that Pilate marvelled. Now at the feast he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas, who was chained with his fellow rebels, and they committed murder in the rebellion. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do just as he had always done for them. But Pilate answered them, saying, "Do you want me to release to you the King of the Jews?" For he knew the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd so that he He should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered them and said to them again, What then do you want me to do with him, whom you call king of the Jews? So they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said to them, Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called the Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison, and they clothed him with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him, And bowing the knee, they worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. Then they compelled a certain man, uh, Simon the Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. And they brought him to the place... Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation was written above, the King of the Jews. With him they also crucified two robbers one on his left on his right and the other on his left so the scripture was fulfilled which says and he was numbered with the transgressors and those who passed by blasphemed him wagging their heads and saying aha you who destroy the temple and build it in three days save yourself and come down from the cross likewise the chief priests also Mocking amongst themselves, with the scribes said, He saved others, he himself cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we, we may see and believe, even those who were crucified with him reviled him. Now the sixth hour had come, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabbathani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you uh, forsaken me? Some of those who stood by, when they had heard that, said, look, he is calling for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed and offered him to drink, saying, let him alone, let him see if Elijah will come and take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Well, may the Lord bless uh, that reading to us uh, this morning. And I want to uh, uh, begin by uh, reading a verse from a familiar hymn or song, which may help us this this morning. And when I read the words, some of you will will recognise Uh, The song, uh, the the hymn, and who's written it, it goes like this. I think this is perhaps the second or third uh, verse. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. So uh, wrote uh, Stuart Townsend uh, when he penned, how deep the Father's love for us. And how deep indeed. And we're going to think just how deep that love is. uh, and the title for my previous message was the king that is condemned we were thinking about jesus there in front of the scribes and then pilate uh and we were thinking about jesus and what we were, you know what jesus uh was saying uh and we thought about three things there we were thinking uh about jesus content in the circumstance condemned as a criminal yet totally innocent confirming his kingship Remember at that back there in that verse, in reply to Pilate's question, that he he says it is as you say, and of course Mark is wanting us to grasp that Jesus really is the King. He is the King of Israel. He is the real King, and he's the, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so my pa- my title for this week, for for our session today, is the King who is mocked, the King who is mocked, and I want to just. Draw your attention. And that's why, partly why I'm kind of quoting from that song of Stuart Townsend in that particular verse. I want to really sort of draw your attention to what Jesus experiences in this journey, these steps towards the cross itself. The king who is mocked. What he endured, what he suffered for us on his way to the cross, the king who is mocked. So we've looked at the king who is condemned. Now we're considering the king who is mocked. And of course, mocking Christ is so prevalent in our culture today, isn't it? And we we can think of people uh, in popular culture, on our TVs, and well, uh, it's it's Netflix now, isn't it? And, And all these sort of things. We look at people like ricky gervais um, who find it so easy to mock uh, faith and religion mock christ and so this is something we we uh, see in our culture all around us and nothing is new is it that people mock the lord jesus christ and of course they mock his followers But we're going to be thinking about this mocking that Jesus endured ultimately for us, for our salvation. So we've done a brief recap. We've thought uh, about uh, Jesus and how he was uh, earlier in the chapter there before Pilate, silent, content in a circumstance, condemned as a criminal, yet innocent, confirming his kingship. So we're thinking... Jesus the King, and this week, today, thinking of him, a king who is innocent but condemned by wicked men, and yet a, a king um, who is uh, Lord of Lords, uh, ruling over all. Now, I, I quoted somebody last, last time, and I'm going to quote him again because I think it's a, it's a lovely quote from uh, a pastor called Sinclair Ferguson, and he said this when thinking about um, Jesus' treatment in this, this passage, thinking about Pilate and the religious leaders and all, all the, the, the players in this, this amazing drama. And he says this, without knowing it, the religious leaders and Pilate and Barabbas were all part of a tapestry of grace which God was weaving for sinners. So we're going to continue thinking about this wonderful tapestry of grace which God is weaving ultimately for us, for, for sinners like ourselves, for sinners like ourselves who by nature will mock Christ because that's our, our, in our natural condition. Before coming to Christ, outside of Christ, we are mockers and all are the neighbours of the church round about Um, They might be nice people, but without Christ, that's the the natural disposition of people, isn't it? When confronted with the real Christ, they are mockers. And if we're honest, we are all mockers. And so we're going to think again a little bit more about this wonderful tapestry of grace to uh, use and borrow that expression from uh, Sinclair Ferguson. So let's think about what's happening, and, and we're going to be thinking specifically what's happening here from verses sixteen, uh, really uh, down to twenty-six. But but uh, we're thinking about the treatment uh, now of Jesus there uh, um, in the Praetorium, uh, or what what would be the fortress of Antonia. So this would have been the what the 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 residence of Pilate himself and. Uh, we're going to be thinking about what's taking place here that Mark very, very, very succinctly, very, very uh, economically lays out for us. But we really get the picture, don't we, of how our Lord Jesus is treated by these, these uh, Roman soldiers. <coughs> so we think about what's going on. We see that it, it, Mark tells us that the whole praetorium or the whole cohort uh, were assembled. So that verse is 16 to 20. Uh, now a cohort would have been about 600 men. So possibly uh, it w- those that were paraded there uh, and called out and assembled would have mm-hmm. been those that were on duty. But it would be uh, probably still a large number of people. And it, it's only just really sort of come to me just... Uh, how many roman soldiers would have been there gathered around jesus uh, in that in that 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 courtyard in that you know probably mar- marching area or whatever uh, it within that that fortress complex perhaps the, the 600 were there I, I i don't know that but certainly those that were on duty there in the fortress were assembled and jesus is right in the midst of them and they're all participating in this uh, mock coronation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, verse 15, we're told um, that uh, he, Jesus has already been flogged. Uh, he's been uh, 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 scourged, as it, as it says in perhaps the older translations. Uh, and so Jesus has already been uh, brutally treated Now, by now. Uh, the, the whip that was 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 used for this was uh, called the flagellum. It was made of leather thongs which had metal and bone in the thongs and uh, uh, there, there was no uh, rules of restraint or anything uh, so the 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 Romans would would use this um, indiscriminately and often people died at, at being flogged by by this uh, flagellum. So Jesus has been scourged, so we can imagine that his back uh, is, is is in a terrible state, he, he's bleeding, uh, and yet here he is, he's now being taken into this uh, fortress. He's surrounded by all these Roman soldiers, and these are um, Sunday school teachers. These are men that, that weren't necessarily from the... Uh, Italian peninsula, you know, that we, we, they're they obviously referred to as Roman soldiers, but they would have been recruited from uh, nearby, from Syria and the surrounding area, and they may have, have just had some natural antipathy towards the Jewish people anyway, and certainly uh, yeah, here was something uh, that they could uh, uh, indulge the, the, the worst aspects of fallen human nature. And we just, you know, it, it, you know we, we can't just begin to think and, and get our minds around just what now Jesus is, is suffering. But what Mark's wanting to bring this out, and he's wanting to bring out the irony, isn't he? Um, that here is the King of Kings. Here is the Lord of Lords. Here is uh, uh, God himself um, as, as a human being, the God-man who had created the whole universe, who had given life to, to everything. And now he's here uh, uh, in, in, in the midst of, of this um, uh, cohort of uh, Roman soldiers, displaying the worst aspects of fallen, sinful human nature in their treatment and creating an, an, um, you know, doing this mock coronation that we see um, played out for us in verses 16 to 20, and Jesus, as we see, is is given this robe. We say it's it's a, it's a scarlet robe, a uh, robe of purple, and purple is a symbol of loyal, royalty. It was in those days, but possibly was. An official Roman tunic that might have been worn and was lying around, so they took it, took his clothes off, put put him in this. So he's already been uh, brutally flogged. His back, uh, his flesh is open and bleeding, and now he's having to have this garment put on him. And they make this uh, uh, crown of thorns, possibly from the arcanthus shrub. So these are, you know, these are. This isn't the kind of shrubs we have round here, you know, out there in that dry, arid climate. Uh, if it was canthus shrub, but certainly, the, it, you know, it was something um, terrible to have this this shrub uh, crown placed on his head. And they we're told that uh, uh, they get they had a, a reed which they hit with him. Matthew's account tells us they actually put it in his hand as in a sense as a, a mock scepter and a sort of scepter is that rod of, that, that symbols a king's power and authority and rule and sovereignty. And so they're, they're hitting him with this and they're bowed down in mock worship, verse 19. Bowed down and, 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 and hailing him, king of the Jews, so, back in chapter 14, verses 65, he's mocked. He's mocked by the religious leaders in that, that, that trial um, with the, the high priests uh, of Pallas. Uh, and they're, they're mocking him as prophet. And now he's being mocked as king by these Romans. And the Roman, Romans are enjoying it. And Pilate is, is part and parcel to all this. Pilate had the power to prevent this but because he was afraid of uh of um uh, of things getting out of hand of, of of a bad report getting back to rome whatever um he goes along with it he goes along with these cries for jesus to be crucified and so he's he's not just a passive uh, player in this and so when people kind of uh, you know, we, we've heard these um, accusations that the, the, the Jews murdered Jesus. Well, in a sense, the, the, the correct answer is sinful men, wicked men, crucified Jesus. And, and, and we are there. We, they represent, in a sense, us. And it was both the, the, the Jewish leadership and the Romans together, were responsible for, for this treatment of Jesus that we see now and for him going to the cross. And the apostles uh, uh, remind us of this uh, in the book of Acts, when you, you go to Acts up two and I think chapter four, you know, where they're, they're, they're explaining it, you know, it's by cruel, by wicked hands that Jesus was taken. It's wicked men. And we see these Romans here these Roman soldiers, um, just, you know, giving in to the most base uh, uh, aspects of fallen human nature. And we know, some of us know about that. Maybe some of us have experienced something like that. But Jesus is here getting getting it in full force. This is sinful man really uh, taking the the creator of the universe. uh, The the rightful king of Israel. He was. He was the king of Israel. uh, And and doing this. Offering uh, mock worship to him. Mocking him. And uh, we we see Jesus not responding. We see Jesus not reacting negatively. uh, Content in the circumstances. Silent before his accusers. He's condemned. But he's totally innocent. And he is still king. He is king. He is Lord of Lords. And he went, he's going through this uh, for us, ultimately. Going through all that so that we, as um, Stuart Townsend says, and we, our voices are there amongst the scoffers and it's our sin that was going to hold him on the cross but as stuart townsend so wonderfully pens his dying breath brings his life so that we can be brought out of that kingdom of darkness and brought into that wonderful kingdom of light into that kingdom of love so that we can be no longer slaves to, to 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 fear and this is what Jesus went through to accomplish that. He went through that mocking. I'm going to quote uh, uh, J.C. Ryle again. I, You may remember <coughs> that I quoted him before, uh, the last time I was up here. And uh, this is what, what he says. I'm just reminding you of that quote. He's speaking here again about this passage. Let us never forget that wicked men... And we're thinking about the Roman soldiers now. We're thinking what they were doing. And they were doing willingly and willfully to the Lord Jesus. Let us never forget that wicked men are often fulfilling God's predictions to their own ruin. And yet know it not. In the very height of their madness and folly and unbelief, they are often unconsciously supplying fresh evidence that the Bible is true Amen. The so the Jewish leaders mock Jesus for his prophetic office you know remember back in chapter 14 and now the Romans are mocking his kingly office Hebrews 12 uh, is a wonderful chapter and the first three verses says this therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verses 2 and 3. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him. And that's what I'm asking you to do this morning, to look unto Jesus, to consider him. Consider him, verse 3 says, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And that's uh, what I hope we can do and we can take away from this passage again uh, from this morning. Isaiah 53 uh, verse 9 and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth yet it was the Lord the will of the Lord to crush him and has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt he shall see offering, he shall prolong his days and the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand so this is fulfillment jesus now being mocked by these roman soldiers being mocked by the people all around him being mocked by the bystanders who are crying out to him you know um, you know he 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 saved others but he can't save himself so mocking his his, his office as priest and as king uh, uh and as prophet and the roman soldiers you know when they were offering him vinegar mocking him as as mark matthew tells us and yet jesus is silent jesus is looking forward to that joy the joy of accomplishing his mission of salvation and redemption for sinners like us 1 peter chapter 2 and i'll read from verse 15 for this is the will of god that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people live as people who are free Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it? you endure it. But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow his steps. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. And we see this in this, this uh, passage here in the, in, when he's t- treated by the, uh, the people around him, the Roman soldiers, the bystanders and so forth and the religious leaders are scoffing and mocking him while he's on the cross. For he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we may die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed verse 23 again, when he was reviled, he did not revile in turn. When he suffered, he did not threaten. And so he is a wonderful example for us. But we too are going to, uh, if we are following the Lord Jesus Christ, there is that promise that we will uh, 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 um, face opposition and persecution in some form or another and here we have the example this is this is how we are, are, are to, to, to follow christ in this that we uh, have an example here that we should do likewise john gill in his commentary uh, of, a bible commentator of uh, 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 a bypass age, says this and it's worthy of notice with what courage and bravery of mine, with what patience and invincible constancy, he endured it. This should be recollected for imitation and encouragement. So we should be, you know, encouraged with what we see here. Yes, it's shocking, but he did went through that for us. But we can also take encouragement as, as an example for us. Christ was mocked and his followers will be mocked as well you will be mocked if in the public space in that sphere wherever you are when people know you're a christian you too will face mocking and we have an example of how we ought to uh, respond and um, we have god's grace to help us do that so two things as we're coming uh, to a close uh, we have the king who is mocked for our salvation and as we, we, we recall there the Roman soldiers put this this mock royal robe that on him this this tunic of of purple or might might have been purple or scarlet and uh, Jesus took that on on himself and in a sense that's a gospel picture because, Uh, As we are by nature sinners, we, in a sense, we have all got a scarlet robe of sin. You know, sin sin that is bright red. Jesus takes that on himself for us, so that when we come to him by faith, he takes that robe away and gives us robes of righteousness. Mm -hmm. That we can be made anew and this is what the Lord does for us. So this, this king who is mocked, he's mocked ultimately for our righteousness, that we might be made right with God, that our stinking, filthy uh, rags of sin that we have can be taken away. We who are naked in our sins and our sinfulness, we deserve to be punished. We deserve um, this condemnation and mocking and scourging But Christ took that upon himself so that we could be made right. That we can be the guilty ones. The unjust can be made just by the one who was just for us. And this is wonderful, isn't it? And this is uh, why when we come before the table we ought to take time to think about these things uh, and rejoice in them. So the king who is mocked for our salvation. There's only two, really two points for us today. Uh, that's the first one. And then the second one is the king who is mocked, as we've already been considering with some of the scriptures that we've read, the king who is mocked for our example. And he is our example. Jesus says in Matthew ten twenty five. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they call the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? Our modern culture, as I've already said already, is more than willing to mock Christ, mock the real Christ. They want to save Jesus, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Jesus of Christmas time, um, who's just a little bit, who's just per- perennially a little baby in, in a manger scene. That doesn't threaten their sin and pride uh, 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 and, and everything. And when we present the real true Christ, the, the King of kings and Lord of lords, they don't like it. and we, we We're going to face mocking. But we have this wonderful example that we can follow. We can follow in his footsteps. Verse uh, there's, uh, there's uh, going back to the, the Peter, Peter uh, passage. For you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting in himself to him who judges justly. And that's, what we ought to do i mean if i if i know if i was there uh, um uh with those roman soldiers what would i have done what was the what would barabbas have been doing you know barabbas would have been shouting and you know he was a rebel he was you know uh, uh a criminal he was a man full of sin But our lord jesus christ being pure holy undefiled separate from sinners as Hebrews 7 tells us Hebrews 7, chapter 7, verses 26, uh, 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 verse 27 tells that he was pure, undefiled. He was separate from sinners. Yes. He was perfect and holy. He was the holy one. And he did not revile. He did not return um, um, in, in a with abuse. Um, he... Uh, Stayed silent. He bore it for us. So let us, as the Hebrews passage uh, uh, calls us and exhorts us, uh, that Hebrew passage that we read um, earlier, verses 2 and 3. Looking unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, Endured the cross, despising the shame and his seats at the right hand of the Father. He endured all that abuse, all that mocking uh, for us. He was looking to the joy that, that you know, and, and as I look out and as Mark probably uh, perhaps feels the same as we stand here to see all the faces here. To see that there's maybe one or two empty seats. That's a joy, isn't it? And so, in a sense, that's just a very, very, very small picture of what what's going on. Jesus is seeing what he, his suffering, what he's going through. is going to accomplish the redemption of sinners. Amen. And he's going to have this people, people from every tribe and every corner of the globe in his kingdom, worshipping him. And that's the joy that was set before him and we're part of that joy yeah. when well, you, you're here this morning it's it's not because it's a nice sunny day and it's a nice idea to be at church and to see folk from clinton evangelical church uh and um just ha- have a nice time of singing nice songs and then that's it no way you know we're we're part of god's plan this tapestry of grace We've been woven into that tapestry of, tapestry of grace. Isn't that wonderful? So, looking unto Jesus, considering him who endured such hostility and mocking against himself, that we might not grow weary of faith on Because we may have faced many things, but as we've been reading here, as we see, as we meditate on this passage, my, my friends, brothers and sisters, we will perhaps never go through what Jesus went through, but he did it for us. And when we go through difficulty, and, and the writer there of the Hebrews is writing to Hebrew Christians, to Jewish Christians who are facing mocking, facing pers- the pressure to, to give up on Jesus, to go back to the old, uh, as, as Mark's been kind of Going through Galatians, where they're sh- showing us that that temptation to go back to legalism, to have Jesus plus this, or to go uh, away from Jesus altogether and go back into the old dispensation uh, with its rules and regulations, and they were they were struggling, and so the writer of the Hebrews wants to lift up and elevate Christ, uh, and and who Christ is, and who we are in Christ. And, and what christ has done as our great high priest and what jesus was doing going through all that mocking uh, uh, as we see here on his way to the cross and as he's on the cross he's being that great high priest for us accomplishing this wonderful redemption for us and so we we need not grow weary or faint we? and we we if we are weary and faint-hearted it's always good for us to come to the cross It's always good to come back to a passage like this and see what Jesus went through for us and to be encouraged. And that will give us strength to face these difficulties. As Some of you may be going through uh, difficulties at work or whatever in this coming week and there may be people who want to mock you. But look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Consider him. Who endured such hostility from sinners <coughs> amen, amen.